1: Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at Poor Richard's Cafe located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Kendrick Johnson and Brian Murphy. Uh, Let's see, guys, we are two rounds down in the softball playoffs, one round down in the baseball playoffs, and I think we all kind of made it out of last week relatively unscathed as far as the, uh, the weather went. So uh, yeah, some, uh, some good news there. It seems like the metroplexes in general got really, really lucky with all of the doom and gloom for uh, for all of the uh, the prospective inclement weather last week. So nevertheless, everything went off without a hitch for the most part. So let's let's just kind of survey the uh, the landscape of the baseball and softball playoffs and see who's still kicking and who we uh, who we laid to rest over the uh, over the weekend, including I guess I guess we're done in six A. All of our six A <laughs> softball teams are out now. We've still <laughs> got six teams left between five uh, A and four A. So let's start there. Let's start. Start with a happy part of the uh, of the softball portion of the podcast. We'll uh, we'll talk baseball a little bit later on, but for now, let's um yeah, guys, you guys got a game coming up between a couple of your schools. You got McKinney North and Frisco Independence bound for the uh, for the third round of the postseason. That's a uh, that series begins Thursday uh, out at Prosper, um, best of three series. So I don't know, guys, let's
2: uh let's... this guy here needs to apologize to y'all. <laughs> he, he's been hyping up the nine six eight district. Nine five, Nine, five a, disrespecting the ten five a district, but look at these head to head wins. What we're we gonna do about these co l's that y'all take? It's here? So many flukes, <laughs> you know. And I apologize for nothing.
3: And uh, I have uh, no doubt in my mind that Independence isn't gonna bring out the brooms this week and, and send North packing. Uh, North, North hasn't faced a team in the playoffs just just yet, like Independence. I mean, they took on Lone Star in the first round. Lone Star,
2: you know, had to I, I win a lot. Hottest, of I thought they could have been the best, according to you, before the game. They were the hottest team in the area. They were the hottest. And they no, could, no, no, they could I said, be the best team in Frisco. I'm just going to say, well, I
3: never said Lone Star was That's the best team in Frisco. I said they were the hottest team in Frisco. They won five games yeah. in a row to make the playoffs. If they didn't, if they lost well, be one,
2: they them in straight.
3: Centennial and Reedy, and uh, Reedy's still in it. <laughs> Reedy Reed. Reed, Reed, Reed might be the hottest team right now. He
2: three schools out of there's five, right?
3: <laughs> beat Heritage, those, and then a couple of the teams that were at the bottom. <laughs> I mean, they beat playoff teams, so it was like they beat, they beat just, a couple of teams, and then they beat a couple teams on the bottom. They didn't independence,
2: though. No, they didn't face independence in that final stretch. So, so what we're going to do about this? My, shout out to Ryan Clepley. I mean, Reagan Kepley, pitcher for McKinney North. She's on a eighteen inning shutout streak. When you come up clutch in the playoffs like that, like North is not just beating people ten to zero for no reason. They ain't scoring no runs. Who
3: they play in the second round? They
2: play Highland Park. They've been in the playoffs like 12, 13 years in
1: a row. I mean, 18-18 hey, shutout innings straight. That's that's no
2: joke for sure. In the playoffs.
3: Now, where's that going to be when you're facing Savannah Williams, Macy Allen, potential you know MVP candidates of the district? You know.
2: Oh, they can get the slugfest. They, ask ask Lone Star about that. <laughs> they
3: hit five. Well, a Lone, Lone Star doesn't have the firepower that <laughs> that Independence
2: has. Yeah. You know, they had that Morgan Reeve, but that's you yeah, know they, they're they also don't. looking have, at the at the games. They, they also have in this in this hot stretch. They've gotten ten hits or more. In the last five of the last four, mm-hmm. games. I mean, four of the last five games.
3: Hey, Independence has proven that they can win the close game. They won two close games against Wiley East in the first round, and then they faced Woodrow Wilson. They did what they should have done. They won fifteen nothing. Run rule wiped them out. Uh, Savannah Williams was untouchable mm-hmm. in that series. And then they and they look
2: good uh, against Lovejoy in the first round too. Yeah. I don't know if Matt agrees to, to this, uh, subscribes to this theory, but when you put in series familiarity is very key either with the team or the facilities. Mm -hmm. They played all their games at Prosper. They're very comfortable. Oh, okay. You're ripping out all the stops, huh? I'm just Just, just just looking at what the numbers say. So McKinney North played
3: all their games at Prosper in the playoffs. And that's where they'll be at again Uh, this week. They win win them coin I wonder if that's by design if they're... Kind of I, don't I, don't I don't know I don't know Prospers hosting a lot of softball games they're, they're also hosting the, the Reedy Dennison series also this uh, weekend so yeah. they're all, the kind of alternating days and times and so stuff Prosper so.
1: Diamond might be a bit of a good luck charm for the Lady
2: Bulldogs It is just good nothing games.
3: more than a nice turf field that's it's cool yeah, I'll yeah. uh,
2: sure. be flying Sure. I don't know if y'all seen any games there. No, I have not a chance to get my game out there. But but what we're gonna do about that offense is getting ten hits a game. Mm-hmm. So you, you know you Savvy have, Williams, have at least five to six runs. Savvy
3: Williams is one of the best pitchers in that district. One of the best pitchers in the area, man. She 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 can throw the heat, man. I, I think she can tame down the the
2: Did they win their district?
3: They sure did. They go undefeated? No, because they play eighteen games. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> if you win eight all
3: eighteen year district games, you're going to state. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah! So we got
1: McKinney, North and Frisco, Independence. Obviously, uh, yeah, should be a, a fun the uh, battle of the district, district champions. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we're in the third round right next to so that. Yeah, that's when you get a lot of. It sounds crazy that the, the district
2: champs play, and then the two teams that uh, finish third play. Yeah, it's, the- it's, it's <laughs> crazy <laughs> how the seedings go. How the, how the brackets go
1: And, and that's the Reedy Dennison series You're yes, referring to yes, yes. Yes, Yeah. I'm going talk
3: a little bit About that Brian With the with first I've seen
2: Dennison play But I heard they're A very scrappy team mm-hmm. That has a lot of speed When they get on the base pass Man
3: dennison They took out Centennial In two games In the first round I know we've talked About that a lot You know Especially on this podcast too That was a shocker mm-hmm. and, and then they come in And I, I don't remember Who they played In the second round I think it was one Of the Dallas schools um, And they, they just took care Of business In the second round Now here they are You know, facing Reedy, Reedy faced uh, state-ranked Creekview. You know, uh, Creekview was highly touted coming Mm -hmm. into the playoffs. They only lost three games, but... Their strength of schedule wasn't the best, and it finally showed. Fair point. Reedy, Reedy took care of business. They won 10-1, and then they won 11-0. Wow. So, Reedy might be the hottest team right now in that first <laughs> go. It's alternating. It's, it's One week, one week it's, it's Lone Star. Next week it's Reedy. I'd like it, to think if you're in the third round of the playoffs.
1: You're hot. Uh, yeah, you're probably hot you're in some hot, form yeah. or fashion if you're, playing, if you're still playing at this yeah, juncture.
2: yeah, I got you one, one step better than that. North County in the playoffs has won 16 of the last 17 games. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: It's pretty impressive. I can't argue with that. Yeah, <laughs> no, I can't
2: argue with that. How
3: about a uh, little elm?
1: Where you at on Little Elm right now? Man, Little net? Elm. Man, take
2: on a Azul. was that team? Are they well rounded? I know they got an uh, ace. Oh man, ace they, ace. they
3: have an MVP candidate. Yeah. And an ace in Lauren Lucas. Get this: their freshman cleanup hitter, catcher Georgia Heathcock blast a grand slam in game two kind of decided well, of the game that was early too and they won that game six to four you know that put them up four nothing early against Mansfield Legacy they sweep Legacy they're on to face Azel man this team is firing on all cylinders Izzy Fielder had a home run Lauren Lucas is doing her thing you know this this lineup from really from top to bottom is 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 balling right now uh, and I saw a fun, uh, a fun fact last time Little M was in the third round. I think Brian Gossett tweeted this out. He's, he's awesome on Twitter, by the way. He tweeted something out. Lauren Lucas's... Uh, older sister was on she was the ace of little um the last time I believe it was in 2014 or 2015 yeah, 2014. Uh, 2014 the last time they made it to the third round and then now Lauren and she was a junior at the time mm-hmm. and now Lauren's a junior she's the ace and they're back in the third round
2: time is a flat That's, circle it's, <laughs> it's, life is weird <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be interesting if they match up against the Colony see if they can finally go without the Colony Hump and Jada Company Jada the and Company
3: see that would be a regional tournament showdown I'm kind of scared for that one but they gave the Colony <laughs> some good shows. Yeah. Downs. They, you know they they didn't just you know lay down and die like they had in years past and like other teams have to the Colony But I mean we'll see They got to get past Azel first yeah, It seems like
2: the Colony And uh, Forney Have this mystique About them because, But those two The, the sure. last two National State titles So for sure. you got to Give them their respect I think Independence Or North Whoever comes out Will end up playing Forney in the next round It's going to give them A run for their money Because both teams Are offensive loaded mm-hmm. And that's how You got to beat 40 Yeah, They play, oh, they, they, play, they they got shoot. quite a picture Over at Forney our Got to her And they beat her In the game so you mm-hmm. uh, would you take would you take your game As a one one gamer if you're independence or north? If you're the underdog You know
3: what? I don't I don't know because I saw Little Elm in the second round faced Forney two years ago when Lauren was a freshman in the Sav- uh, Savannah. Mm-hmm. Is that her first name from Forney yeah. She was a freshman and then she was already throwing it throwing that heat as a freshman. And but Little Elm took them to three games. They stole game two. And then they played right after, and then 40 barely won. I mean, granted, this was a year before they won the state yeah. title, so they weren't, you know. Well, a lot's changed since. Then, exactly, exactly. But you know, but that, what I'm saying is that Savannah pitcher was already lights out as a freshman. Oh yeah, yeah. I I want no part of her right now in a playoff series. But I mean, your best best bet to beat a team like that is a one game series. Oh, yeah. So you just got to roll your dice. Anything can happen in that game, but. That's that's a tough draw right there for anyone.
1: If uh, if Little Elm wins this upcoming series, it'll officially be the deepest playoff run in program history. That's well, right. Two
3: other times that they made it three rounds:
1: 2014 and 2010. We mentioned the Colony, you know, a program that's you know no stranger to still playing at this juncture of the postseason. However, it was last year where round two was where they got tripped out by the aforementioned Fornia uh, Fornia team that went on to win state. Um, so the Colony getting a chance to uh, to get itself uh, back in the third round, a chance to make amends for last year, um, and they uh, they. They've no doubt they, uh, they beat the breaks off Granbury in a sweep, two game sweep. They win by scores of 8 1 and 6 2. Um, I mean, this was if you again coming into this with okay, well, this is this was the stumbling block last year. Obviously, Granbury's not exactly forny on paper, but if there's anything to kind of calm the nerves from the get go, Jada Coleman leads off game one with a home run, and that's kind of just a harbinger of things to come. Right, that's so what players
3: like of that caliber do, man. That's yes. she's phenomenal. She was
2: bad no, number 700. I just glanced at her stats and following Bad Again, got, 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 got bombs is. and has stolen fifty bases. Yep. <laughs> I don't know one player that's, that's done that. <laughs> Yeah, arguably the top
1: player in the country for, uh, for a reason there. And she came a home run shy of hitting for the cycle in game two. So just Jada Coleman doing Jada Coleman things. You had JC Hamlin, though. Who, I mean, this how about she, this for a series? She she's a D1 and two. I do not know. Justin Thomas would have that information for you. Know. <laughs> that,
2: half that lineup is all D1. Yeah, man. yeah. that's insane. That was, that's one point. Is, if you see them playing, like <laughs> Jada is the star piece, but the, they have, some of they the have the players around are legit, they'd they, they be some stars on other teams. Texas Tech, we're getting word from JT at this. <laughs> Texas Tech. <laughs> Yeah, through the, through the headset.
1: Uh, I was chiming in. <laughs> through the earpiece. J.C. Okay. Hamlin bound for for Texas Tech. Now, she had a heck of a series, though. She went six for six. Scored six runs, two RBIs, two walks. About as, just about a perfect offensive series in in, a, in some ways. Um, yeah, J.C. Hamlin was just lights out. And then you had Carly Charles. I mean, this is like some Kinsey Cackley-level production. She had 28 strikeouts in two games. Who's going to beat against them? Against It's, it's going to take a 40 to beat them. In, re- in Region 1, they're the, they're the on-paper favorite, you have to yeah. think. At least just give there uh, just the pedigree and the experience that that core has. Um, and granted, they're not, they're, not, they're not even at full strength yet, just with Madison Hurst still being out. But nevertheless, yeah, you would say they are the on-paper favorite, at least in Region 1. Who knows what happens when you get to State. But, I mean, yeah, Carly Charles just carving up Granbury at 28 strikeouts total, 14 in each game. Um, let's see, before we can quickly uh, shift gears, um, You know, we're, uh, Brian, we can talk uh, Salina. Yeah! I'm still kidding. We oh, don't get a yeah. chance to talk much Solana softball on this, and they're bound for the third round. They get a. Uh, we talked about the anything can happen uh, hijinks of the one game playoff, and that is uh, what the Lady Bobcats are up against. They draw Anna in a one game series, seven o'clock Friday out at McKinney Boyd. Um, this required them taking down a uh, getting a little bit of revenge last week. That's if right. I recall.
3: That's right. So they uh, they're coming off of a one game series last mm-hmm. week against Crandall, uh, a team that knocked them out. So they beat Crandall. Once In a three game series And then I believe they got shut up The last two games They won game one and then lost four and then 6-0 But they didn't have their starting ace Randy Dobbins last year She was suspended for the playoffs uh, for off the field stuff, and then so Michaela Galloway she was a sophomore. She had she was just thrown into the fire. She did a good job, you know, the first game, and then they just didn't have enough, you know, take down that Crandall team from last year. They had an ace that really shut down that line of offense. This year, you know, they still have some heavy hitters in that lineup. The, the Miller sisters uh, down there in Crandall, batting two and three, only one hit in eight at bats between those two. That that was huge. They held Crandall to just three runs. And then when I was doing some research uh, before the, this matchup, the last time they were held below 10 runs That was February 13th Either way It was in February That's absurd And they held Michaela Galloway Held them to just Three runs She also drives In a pair of runs uh, Kind of doing it Both for this team As the team's leadoff hitter They beat Crandall The last play Of that game Was was pretty crazy Because there was Two on for Crandall In the, in the top of the Seventh mm-hmm. And their Four hole hitter Hits a screaming Line drive to Shortstop There's two outs Shortstop Alexis Ginniga Drops it and it's pandemonium because then that could have loaded the bases right there. You know, the heart of the order is up, you know, for Crandall. You know, all they needed was, you know, just a big hit, and this thing could be tied, and she dives for the ball that she just dropped. Flicks, or no, she actually doesn't flick it. She was able to get close enough to the bag and tag the bag after she drops the ball to end the game. The entire Salina dugout runs out. Uh, Coach Carla Bartlett, you see her in in my video in our highlight package. She comes up, (laughs) she gives the biggest hug. She's jumping (laughs) up and down. Everyone's going nuts. They really, really wanted to beat Crandall badly and now they're facing a district foe in Anna third that's round one game playoff and uh, they beat Anna twice this year uh-huh. both games by one run it's
1: probably Anna that was lobbying for that one game not
3: Salina, yeah so. yeah so and that's a McKinney Boyd co- coach Bartlett loves McKinney Boyd's softball fields she new. loves it and new. so she's been talking about it all week and she got the field and so we'll see if, uh, if Salina can get it done and head to the regional tournament yep.
1: Meanwhile, um, we had to bid adieu to a number of teams over the uh, over the weekend. Cue the
3: sad music. Yeah, we don't have here. any
1: sad piano music <laughs> to play in right now because, I mean, we spent all season long talking up District 9-6-8. Wouldn't you know, they're all out by the second mm. round this was a uh, yeah we closed the book yeah Plano ISD is just done for as far as uh, as far as stick and ball sports go baseball softball <laughs> they are uh, yeah, they are done so uh we had Plano West and Plano play their uh, the final games of their 2019 seasons over the weekend um Plano West which uh, I mean they were you know the undefeated district champions out of nine 968 one of the very best teams in the state but you know we did caution that Region two six A is no joke. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a lot of uh, there are a lot of heavyweights in this district in this region. Once you get past that first round, and um, even though you know it wasn't a program that was state ranked, you know and you know kind of in the same conversation as the Wileys and the and the. Um, you know, some of those Houston area schools and whatnot. Waco Midway is a program that is uh, certainly very, very credentialed. They've um, you know, they been a foreign Plano ISD side in the past. I remember Plano had their season ended by them a few years ago. Um, this is now the 13th time in 15 years that Midway has advanced to the third round. So that tells you all you need to know about just uh, what legit. they can bring to the table. Legit. And sure enough, this was a low-scoring series, too. There were a combined 12 runs scored wow. in three games between uh, Midway and Plano West, and ultimately Midway is able to squeak out a pair of three Three two victories in games two and three to overcome a 2-0 uh, a victory by Plano West in game one.
2: So that Plano West should have one game one, which is good. Yeah.
1: This is um, <laughs> and you kind of look at what this series boiled down to, and a lot of it just kind of comes back to uh, to defense. I mean, in the game in a series where again where there's a combined twelve runs scored, the uh, the margins are very very slim as far as what can be the difference between winning and losing. And you look at Plano West defense committing three errors in each of those final two games. All of which led to those runs that were scored by Midway. Tatum Boyd allowed six runs all series, and all of them were unearned. Mm. Yeah.
2: So, um, yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it was a case where, like, yeah, and, it, and then they commit three errors in the first inning of game three, and Midway's immediately, <laughs> immediately up three nothing in a game that Midway only had two hits in. They only had two hits in game three. So it was literally just those defensive slip-ups in the first inning. You think
3: if they play this game, you know, in non-district at the beginning of the year, it goes a little differently? You know, maybe nerves had to... You know Had to play with all the errors And stuff Is, is that pretty unfair Just
1: like Plano West with, Plano, with the Plano West team Like they've been through Like they won They won District 9 6 mm-hmm. They did so in undefeated fashion But there were a lot of Close games
4: during that Really stretch. Okay They, they really had, did
2: have They had Tatum Boyd No, honestly, That was a difference Like um, against McKinney Boyd Her and Kat Kenzie had 28 to 30 strikeouts mm-hmm. But For some reason They pitched to her With the bases empty She hit off the scoreboard mm-hmm. <laughs> So she can hit And mm-hmm. she can pitch So she dictates the terms, and, they, and she's the, the star that stirs the drink, as they mm-hmm. say, old mm. school.
1: Yeah, and they uh, and they just could not get it going against Midway's. Uh, Midway is one of the few teams that uses two pitchers, that is, two starting caliber pitchers, and they deployed both of them this series. It was the second of the two pitchers, uh, Jasmine Gendorf, Gendorf, I'm entirely sure how that last name is pronounced, mm. but they could not figure her out in games two and three. Um, you know, she holds West to just four runs total. Mm. In game three, the top four of Plan OS batting order, you know, you're a Lisa Rosado, Katie Kim, Tatum Boyd, Morgan Wester. I mean, they've just, that, that top four has been, I mean, that's arguably the best top four in 9 6 eight, maybe with the exception of maybe Prosper or whatnot. They go a combined 0-13 in game three. So that's just, it's just tough to win when you're just, when that uh, when so that portion like, of the like order. Cole and that is S.E.I. So, yeah, At the yeah. Frisco School. A hard luck end to what was... <laughs> Too <that>?
3: soon, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a, a hard luck end to what was... Um, I mean, yeah, we had the makings of a really, really great year for Planet West. Still a great year, by all respects. You go undefeated in that district. But, yeah, I mean, that's, just the, that's the strength of Region 2 right there. <laughs> And it's um, and yeah, so Plano uh, Plano West is out, and then Plano also played a uh, you know another uh, another uh, game three, and uh, this one was uh, there was not a whole lot of drama in this one because after uh, you know they took game one against Rockwall ten to four, and then game two, I mean. That was where, I mean, the chances were there. They left 12 runners on base, though, and just had, I mean, they had no trouble getting hits against Rockwall in game two, but just could mm-hmm. not get yeah. the one to scratch the runs across when they had to, and they lose that one five to three. And then it's it kind of like it almost mirrored the Plano-Saxi series from round one where Saxy, you know, squeaks out game one, Plano returns fire in a relatively competitive game two, and then Plano just blows them up in game three. And that's what happened. Plano was on the receding end of that. The one game was Man,
2: you gotta, go. you gotta take your chances if you got that team
1: with um, with Rockwall in Game Three. Rockwall, I mean their offense is that's head coach Justin Pipek said afterwards that's as good an offense as he's seen his team play, and that's I mean that speaks volumes considering some of the offenses in 9-6, I like Prosper, like Plano West. Um, I mean, yeah, they uh, Rockwall leads off the game with a Reagan Swindle home run, and Megan Hampton doubles <laughs> to the warning track on the, on the second at bat, and that just kind of that just kind of it was the you know, just a downward spiral from there for Plano West. They uh, they just they could not slow down that Rockwall offense. And both both offenses were really effective prior to that. But it was just a case of like Plano had all the confidence in the world that they would still be able to keep hitting. They were averaging I want to say close to ten hits through those first two games of the series. They were held to just four though, and that's the thing. It was uh, Plano's offense has been a little Jekyll and Hyde this season. It looked like they were starting to turn a corner with what happened in the Saxey series. Yeah, I and I mean, and again they were. Uh, I said they were getting hits in those first two games against Rockwall, but just couldn't. And they only struck out twice. I, should, I think it was in that game three. So it's not like they weren't putting balls into play. They just,
2: yeah, they just, just found, mm-hmm. yeah couldn't
1: find the gap. It was everything was right to the defense, and just ran into some really really bad luck as far as just timely offense goes. Um, you know, I think to this, this stretch where bridging games two and three. So you take the last three innings of game two and the first three innings of game three. Those across those six innings um, five times did Plano put its first two runners on base and, right. and they scored one run total across those six yeah. innings. So that,
2: that's how you say it with us. So the,
1: uh, I mean, yeah, you should think that the, like the law of averages would balance out yeah. at some point there, that the other shoe might drop and uh, just some, just some hard luck and just in uh, in with runners in scoring position for Plano. And yes, and their, uh, their season ends in the second round. And, um, and yeah, and then prosper, you know, took one on the chin against Bell. belt. All, all three of these series went three, and went three yeah. games. So they all went the distance. Um, but, uh, yeah, Is it
2: looked it
3: like one not to say one of... the game ones? I think they did, actually. Did Prosper, Prosper win? Prosper won game two. Okay.
1: So, yeah, Plano and Plano West won game one of their series. The
3: Prosper series, all three games were different. Mm-hmm. You know, Belton blows them out in game one, 13-6. Belton uses three different pitchers. Prosper uses, you know, Marina Carnes and Alyssa Griffin, you know, what they've been doing, you know, all year, kind of using both pitchers in different times throughout the game. And then game two, Prosper wins a close one. Three, two, they barely hang on to win. And then Game 3, Prosper Bats uh, couldn't do anything. They lose 4-0 uh, to, to Belton. And Taylor Tubbs, I'm looking at this on Game Changer and stuff. And Taylor Tubbs, she pitched two innings in Game 1, two innings in Game 2. Game 3... Pitches a complete game shutout and struck out nine batters, allowed four hits. So I That's guess tough to do
1: against Prosper. Yeah, yeah.
3: And so you know, she was the difference in that game. You know, Prosper not able to to figure things out. You know, Tubbs. You know, like I said, Belton was using multiple pitchers in games one and two, and then she comes in, and then just has an ace like performance. And Prosper didn't really have uh, an ace like performance. Uh, by anyone, one their pitchers this weekend So maybe that was the difference right there You know, T- Taylor Tubbs of Belton, shout out to her You know, getting the job done in that big game three <laughs>
1: Prosper's still a team, though, that's pretty well positioned though, Going forward, True. just recall that being a pretty Young team, and ditto for Plano, Plano's only uh, They only lose one starter, the catcher Zoe White, so they'll, they should be uh, Yeah, they should be back once again next year Just to we, be a question we, of what happens if The if the offense develops a bit of a more consistent Identity for this Plano team
2: We gotta get some go, go fishing gear yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, a heartless luck end of the season for district uh, district nine six a and uh, but yeah obviously still uh, still plenty more on the baseball side of things to discuss we'll um we'll shift gears talk a little bit of baseball do a quick line change and recap the first round in the six a side of the baseball bracket in just a moment and let's keep talking the, uh, the stick and ball playoff sports. Uh, let's see. We're going to talk some 6A baseball now. Switch gears over to baseball for the remainder of the podcast. We'll talk 6A here, 5A in a little bit uh, for this portion of the podcast. we got Justin Thomas and Devin Hassan over at the uh, at the round table and let's um let's start with the the district slate between districts 96A and 106A Devin because it was um you know you got to see uh one of these ones that went the uh, the distance Saxe and Jesuit which you know there's an expectation that it might given the caliber of both of these programs um ultimately ultimately though a, um just a, a difficult end to the year for district 106A as uh, <laughs> they get swept and um, at least in the very case with with Sachse and what they were able to do against Jesuit you know promising start to the series but just kind of talk a bit about how you, what was your what was your read on this series as it progressed
5: uh, you know, two evenly matched teams. Mm-hmm. We said that last week coming in, uh, even though Jesuit was a four seed, um, they could argue, they could have finished second very easily in that, yeah. in that district, uh, just with the overall quality of a team that they have. Uh, this, You know, Saxe got off to a great start on Thursday night. Um, Chase Alford, uh, who's been dominant on the mound all year long, uh, was that way. You know, six innings pitched. He gave up a leadoff home run in the sixth, but that was pretty much it. Uh, you know, Saxe was able to, to string together a nice rally in the fifth inning with three runs. So they take the opener three to one. Uh, they Come back in Game Two, and this is where the series is really determined. Uh, Jesuit rolls Jack Lynch out there, who's their ace, who's mm-hmm. been their star every uh, all year long. Saxey so gets two and twice in the uh, in the first inning for two runs, which is wow. huge uh, to you get. You think up. in
1: that case that that might be yeah. uh, a and, bit of a.
5: And, and they have Blaine Chapman, uh, another their their second starter. I mean, they, they basically had co-aces. They mm-hmm. had ERAs under one for the season. Uh, five, you know, five innings. He's, he's strong. Jesuit starts to put together their first rally, really of the series. Uh, they're in the sixth. They're able. to tie it up at two and this is when uh, sexy head coach Chris Burrow kind of rolled the dice. He brought in David Gonzalez, uh, last year's District Pitcher of the Year, who'd been coming in uh, really in relief for the most part this year. But he'd been kind of working up to uh, starters, re, you know, regain that starters mode. And um, he was going to be their Game 3 starter most likely. Mm-hmm. But uh, they put him in, as he'd been doing um, in recent. He came in in Game 1 to close that one out as well. Um, but the game didn't end after seven innings. They kept going and going and going. Uh, they get to the 11th inning, and Jesuit kind of has one of those breakout innings. That you see sometimes when it gets that deep in the game, all of a sudden a team just explodes. Uh, they score four runs in the eleventh inning and win six to two. Um, you know, so the series is even. Unfortunately, now you've not only gone through your two aces, your two rotation guys during the course of the year, but David Gonzalez went five and two thirds innings through eighty six pitches on top of pitching on Thursday, so he's out of the equation. And so that's what Game Three really came down to. It was you know Sachs, He was going to have to do it with a, a kind of a they had three or four guys that they probably were going to use at inning or two each, and uh, unfortunately. For them in the first inning, Jesuit jumped on mm-hmm. uh, their starter. They're up six nothing, and that's really game. I mean, you know, the Jesuit themselves had to dig deep in their bullpen. They they started a kid named Gavin Perryman. He did a great job. He's but a when you're pretty good
1: basketball team. player too, yeah, yeah,
5: he is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, when you're up to six nothing lead, all he had to do was throw strikes, mm-hmm. and he got up there and did it. He threw nothing but fastballs basically. And Saxe, you know, you could see it kind of in their body language when you drop down. You know, they scored five runs total, and you know, basically eighteen innings, and now they need six just to mm-hmm. tie. And uh, you know they started pressing. They did a lot of first ball hitting, and, and you know just it, it was just it got out of hand in the first inning. Yeah. It never was a game. Jesuit ends up closing it out, ten nothing. Uh, that game ended uh, after the run rule five, but. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to see what would have happened if they would have had David Gonzalez for that game three, mm-hmm. uh, going out there. But at the same time, you just got to tip your hat to Jesuit; uh, they were able to, to get to, to actually enough in those first two games, and then obviously they took advantage in the third.
1: So that was a, that was hands down the most dramatic of the uh, of the four series between these two districts. Although I guess <laughs> was Rowlett and Rowlett and Boyd at least they had at least a little bit of uh, it was a sweep, well, but it was a competitive
5: sweep. Yeah, and, and Rowlett, um, you know, the first game uh, they, they were supposed to start on Wednesday, got pushed Thursday. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a huge huge factor on the series Uh, but uh, you know it was one um, one swing of the bat I believe it's Chad Brown's at the McKinney Boyd Ace Um, they went head to head but he in the second inning hit a three run home run and that was all the scoring. I mean, neither team was able to generate much offense outside of that. Uh, it's 3 nothing. Riley loads the bases uh, with one out in the seventh. And one of those where he line a shot to the first baseman. And he catches it. And by the time the runner at first yeah. has a chance to react, he doubles them off. And the game's over. Well, game two, McKinney Boyd's up 6-2 going to the seventh. Riley scores three. Get to it, 6 5. <laughs> Guess what happens? Same exact thing. Wow. Line out, double play to end it. So, yeah, it was a sweep, but it was two very close games. Again, one swing of the bat in the first game, and then, you know, a rally that falls just one run short in the mm-hmm. second. So, uh, a series that could have gone either way, but obviously, McKinney Boy just made an extra couple plays mm-hmm. to, to get the job done.
1: There were some uh, some early makings of a, of a potential, like, a, so Allen Garland, they, um you know, so was it? Or actually, Neyman Forrest, I should say. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Neiman Forrest jumped out to a 4 0 Lead on Allen in Game One. Allen's defense was a little bit a little bit slow to wake up and get into playoff gear. I mean, yeah, they're down 4-0 just like that. Um, Then the rest of the series was all Allen, though. They ended up rallying and winning that Game One, uh, 10-5, and then follow that up with a 13-0 victory in uh, in Game Two. The first, um, let's see, just the second time all season they've scored double-digit runs in back-to-back games. So, um, you know, for an Allen team that made a a bit of a late lineup change, you know, into these regarding the uh, the top, you know, four or five of the batting order, um, some continued positive returns for that uh you know for that lineup change um, and then you had um you know guys like Cole Latos who you know had two home runs in that series and then I think the biggest um you know revelation from that series though is the uh the emergence late in the year of Nate Wodka who is you know um they're just looking for uh you know just finding out who was going to be that guy to compliment Brett Tanksley and um you know on the uh, on the mound and then Nate Wadka, he shuts out Plano West you know and his um you know in the uh, in the second to last game of the regular season and then in game two he gets the nod against uh, against Neiman Forrest throws five scoreless innings along with nine strikeouts just three hits allowed so um it's um it's I mean it's a welcome sign for Allen to just get, to get that kind of production because with Tanksley like he's been such a rock all year but he has started kind of getting touched up a little bit over these last few games he uh you know he pitched to start um you know start the series in game one I believe he only went two innings maybe mm-hmm. so um nevertheless though at least to kind of balance that out you know Nate Wadka has really stepped up and allen is um allen made a relatively short work out of name and Forest despite the uh you know the the difficult start I want to say they committed three errors in the first inning of the uh, of the series so pretty um, yeah just uh Flawless series from that point on, though. But now um, things ramp up significantly in difficulty, and that's kind of the uh, w- was the lesson of the 6A softball playoffs in Region <laughs> yeah. Two. Um, the uh, the uptick in difficulty from first round to second round is going to be pretty significant because uh, Waco Midway is um, is nothing to be trifled with. They, uh, one of several state ranked teams in uh, in Region Two, and that's um, that's who Allen draws. They, uh,
5: yeah, they they took care of Horn. Yes. I mean, that was you know, and I, I said last week, you know. Horn, if they were going to pull the upset, they needed to win game one. Mm-hmm. That's when they're going to roll their ace out there. And that's when, they, you know, you try to, you know, if they were able to, to steal that first one, um, then you start putting the pressure. Then the favorite starts feeling that pressure. Uh, but you know it's seven to one. It was a, it was a close game. You know for for most of the most of the evening. Uh, but then after that, Waco Midway. You know in game two, fourteen to three. And yes, it's going to be uh, you know a, a big challenge for Allen because yes. Midway in in all sports, as we've talked about all year right. long, is, is formidable. And uh, certainly their baseball team is. His, their their resume speaks for itself.
1: A 15 game winning streak for uh, for Midway heading into this series with Allen. That series will be. Uh, let's see. That is a Thursday. Friday, actually just a Thursday-Friday series. They're going to try to play games two and three if necessary on set on a Friday. That series will be out at Waxahachie, um, seven thirty Thursday for game one, and then five o'clock on Friday for game two. Game three follows if necessary. Um, Justin, welcome back. Hey. On vacation last week, buddy. Uh-huh. And uh, all the uh, all the while you had um, softball teams had a, had a bit of a rough go, but nevertheless yes. baseball though you got three out of four onto the second round. Um, so yeah, just talk a bit about uh, Louisville ISD making a, a nice impression there in the first round.
6: Yeah, as you said, 6-6A goes 3-1 and against 5-6A. So I guess I'll start off with D1, quote-unquote, upset based mm-hmm. on the seeds. That was number three, Hebron, taking down Keller in a three-game series out at DBU. This quality like a, win. Yeah, yeah, quality win. Looks yeah. like a pretty quality series. Mm-hmm. Um, Hebron comes out, gets the first game, 5-4. Um, Blake Richardson gives up four runs in the first inning. Then he goes 5-2 and the rest of the way, no runs. Almost finished it off... Um, one out away, and then the reliever comes in and finishes it off. Um, Drake Boggan had a big two-run double, and Trent McCown, who started the season on JV with an RBI single to give him the lead, so Hebron takes the first one, 5-4. Keller comes back on Friday, gets the second one, 4-3, so we need a Game 3 Saturday, and that one goes to Hebron, 10-6. Uh, again, a slow start. They fell down 4-1, give up four runs in the second, but then they come back, um Looks like they got a real good game from the top of their order. Diego Johnson, Brayton Matthews, and Jackson Weber. Those three guys combined eight for twelve, six runs and eight RBIs. Mm -hmm. So the top of the order really got it done. And then pretty cool story. um, Getting the win in relief was Nick Wilson. This is a kid that was cut as a freshman. he was the JV manager as a sophomore He was used sparingly as a JV pitcher As a junior And here he is as a senior Getting the, the win in game three Of the first wow. round So pretty cool little uh, nice Stick, little story stick, right stick with that sure. story Yeah, and you'll hear yeah. from him A little bit later mm-hmm. um, But yeah, so big win for Hebron They're going to move on to face uh, Mansfield Three-game series um, Starts Thursday, Friday, Saturday Out at M- irving MacArthur With game three at, mm-hmm. actually At Irving High School If they need it Um... The losing team, the other lower-seeded team was Capel. They faced mm-hmm. reigning state champ Carroll.
1: Which, man, that just seemed like when I I mentioned last week, yeah, when I saw that was the first-round yeah. matchup, I couldn't believe that that was how the bracket shook out. Where, yeah, somehow Capel. If you're you yeah, well, Capel's your four seed, what a district.
6: Yeah, and so they're facing the reigning yeah. state champs and. Uh, tough looks like they maybe couldn't recover from game one where they lose in 11, uh, 10 or 11 innings. Yeah, so um, they gave up two in the sixth to, to tie it up, end up falling in the 11th, and it looks like they really couldn't recover in the second game. They fall 10-5 to in that one. So, a um,
1: rare first-round exit for the yeah, Cowboys. Yeah, I think first
6: time since 2013, and, mm-hmm. you know, expectations are always very high there. So oh, yeah. tough to draw Southlake in the first round, and looks like they... Hung in there pretty well, but just couldn't get it done against the rating state champs. Mm -hmm. But we had two other teams that got wins. Marcus and Flower Mound both move on. Um, We'll start with Flower Mound. They had a little easier time than the Marauders did. They swept Denton Geyer. They cruised in the first game 12-3, and then they won the second game Mm -hmm. 5-3. Big series for Cole Antonelli. He had the go-ahead RBI in Game 2, and then in Game 1 he went 2-3 for with the triple-two runs and three RBIs, so... Good series for Antonelli, Cam Brown, six innings for the win in game one. Then Texas 90, Austin Wallace, six innings uh, for the game two win. So not a big surprise there. And Mark, or Flower Mound will move on to t- face Lanc- Mansfield Lake Ridge. Game one going to be actually at Globe Life Park on Thursday. So yeah, we got a few series that are Jacks at Globe Life. Jack yeah. fans can enjoy that. They seem to really like to go out to that Arlington, Grand Prairie area for their mm-hmm. early baseball series. But then uh, games two and three will be Friday and Saturday at Grapevine. Mm-hmm. And that leaves the Marauders. They got by Byron Nelson two games to one. Uh, looks like a really good series. They mm-hmm. lost the first game two to one, and then they come back with two consecutive 7-6 wins. Wow. And the, uh, yeah, game three, uh, Tyler Schott has a big RBI triple in the sixth, and then Brett Hedges with a sack fly for the go-ahead run. Um, Hunter Hunter Toplansky had a good game there. He scored three runs as two. And then in game two, they, fell be- or they went up 6-0, blow the 6-0 lead, come back and in the eighth inning. They get a bases-loaded walk from Sam Hunt to win the game. So sure Byron Nelson was a little kicking themselves there, getting the, loading the bases with nobody out and then walking in the winning run. But um, good pitching performance, Tyler Morgan, and it looks like Markins was able to work around some miscues there because Tyler Morgan gave up seven runs and none of them were un- earned. Excuse me. So um, good win for Marcus though. Moving on again, you know they were in the regional finals last year against Southlake, so they'll take on Irving MacArthur or excuse me, Waxahachie at Irving MacArthur Friday, and then a doubleheader Saturday if they need it.
1: Yeah, Byron Nelson, much like Jesuit, a eh? not your uh, not your typical four seed. No, not at all.
6: Yeah, Let's see Pretty so. pretty good five six a six six a grouping there. Those are some quality programs going home yeah. in the first round there.
1: So let's see. Yeah, you mentioned Hebron. Hebron bound for the second round, and that can be a nice transition to our student-athlete spotlight. JT, you had a chance to swing by practice to talk with Diego Johnson and the aforementioned Nick Wilson on um, yeah, just Hebron season to date and how they're feeling heading into the second round. And let's see what Diego and Nick had to say after a word from the sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast.
6: All right, we're here with Diego Johnson and Nick Wilson for Hebron Baseball. Guys, thanks for taking a few minutes to join us on the Star Local Media Sports Podcast today. No problem. Um, Thanks for having us couple seniors for the Hawks, and you guys are moving on to the second round of the playoffs now, so just talk about how you guys are feeling and where you guys are at right now moving into the uh, area around here. Well, right now we're feeling good. We just need
7: to keep swinging the bats and keeping the momentum up, and then we'll, we'll just be just fine. So,
4: Yeah, I mean, we, I feel like we really found our uh, lineup. We're feeling really hot right now at the bats, and uh, I feel like our pitching really come through pretty well, so I think we're looking pretty good for the second round.
6: You guys had a couple good seasons and then came up a little short last year. What's it mean as seniors to be on this team and get back into the playoffs this year.
7: It means a lot. You know, last year coming falling short, it means a lot to just keep going this year and just hop on the bus and just keep going.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, it feels good to uh, finally be back. And for, like, a lot of us, a lot of us haven't been to the playoffs, and a lot of us weren't on that team that was uh, our freshman year. Yeah. So it's a real good feeling.
6: Was there a point in the season where you guys felt like this is a team that had what it takes to get to the playoffs? Was there any game or series or in particular that really felt – you guys felt like propelled you guys? Really,
7: right off the bat, right from the first, the scrimmages, really, in the cold and fighting through, and through the bad weather every day, you know, that's where I really knew what we were.
4: And, like, our first, after our first tournament, we ended up 2-4, uh, and four. and I feel like I, then after that, we went on an 11-0 run. And I feel like that um, that gave us a lot of confidence going into district. I felt like versus big wins against Marcus and Capel that really boosted up pretty high.
6: Yeah, it kind of took me to the next point. Just talk about going through that district, you know, Marcus, Flower Mound, Lewisville Louisville, teams like that. Do you feel like that really got you guys prepared for, for the postseason here and getting started last week?
7: Most definitely. It's a tough district every year, you know, one of the biggest districts in Texas. So that's, that's pretty good going against that competition.
4: And those are like those are top teams, and those are like top fifteen teams in the uh, state. And so, that's really good for us seeing that kind of competition and uh, preparing us for what we're going to see forward. Uh, keep on moving on.
6: Keller was a team that was pretty hyped. Obviously, had a good year last year and another strong season this year. What was the mindset of the team going into the series? And how, how do you feel like you guys executed this past weekend? Really, just to those strikes and make the plays right behind the pitchers, and then we executed that, and
7: then we got the results we wanted.
4: A big thing for the pitchers was getting ahead in the count because once you got ahead in the count, then you could really control it. And um, that was a big emphasis this weekend. And then uh, just being smart at the plate and uh, just watching uh, pitches, right?
6: You guys go through the whole season and then you split the first two games. What's it like going into a third game on Saturday there, first, first you know series of the season? What's kind of the mentality? What, how are you guys approaching things facing a, a winner-take-all game like that?
7: pretty tough but we went in there with a strong mentality you know we didn't want to go home that day so we had to handle business and that's what we did
4: you know we're definitely definitely locked in for sure especially going down 4-1 we were all <laughs> we didn't really see it as like a put our heads down and give up no because like that's not this kind of team so just after going down 4-1 I think feel like we really locked in and that we really got serious about it
6: what do you kind of see as the strength of this team what do you think you guys do well and allowed you to guys get into the playoffs and into the area around now really just to make the plays behind
7: our good pitching so and then just keep swinging the bats and that's and I think that's key right there
6: you've been on varsity a couple years right now as a senior did you feel like you kind of had to step up from a leadership perspective and was that an adjustment for you and how do you feel things have gone in that uh, avenue I
7: stepped into the shoes I I, it was easy stepping into the shoes because I got my boys behind me so it's
6: really simple from there and Nick, I hear you had kind of a different path to get into varsity throughout these four years here at Hebron. Just talk about your path and how gratifying it was for you to to get the win in the third game there on Saturday. Well,
4: yeah, just being cut freshman and sophomore year is definitely like a setback because after that sophomore year, I considered not even playing baseball. But some circumstances brought me on the team, and uh, picking up the win on uh, versus Keller was just like insane. All the emotions were just running through me at the time. Seeing my mom and everything, just, uh, her supporting me, so. It was an amazing feeling, but, like, definitely I don't want it to be the last one, yeah. and so I'll keep, just move, keep moving forward. Something you look back on, though, and all the kind of the ups and downs you went through, all worth it to, to get that moment there? Definitely. Just all that was after that last, after that last hour, all that just running through my head, and that just, like, all of that, I didn't realize it was worth it back then, but now that I sit here now, I feel like that, like, all that pain was worth it. You guys
6: mentioned not being uh, done right now. What do you guys have to do uh, this weekend to take care of business and, and try to get to the regional quarterfinals here really just keep keep doing our thing throwing strikes and making the plays and swinging the bats really that's it so you guys are out at dbu what was it like playing just in a park like that have you guys ever played in a, a nice college or pro stadium like that or yeah dbu is one of the nicest fields around so that was that was pretty special right there
4: yeah we played a lot of turf we played a lot of turf fields but that's a different kind of turf because yeah. the ball bounces a lot more a lot differently it gives you more real feel on the turf field so It was a really cool experience for a first round.
6: I'm guessing you'll be back on grass this week in Irving. I haven't been out there. Are those grass fields out there, I'm guessing? All turf. All turf? Okay, cool. So, weather's not as big as an impact or anything like that? No. Do you guys feel like you guys are kind of playing with house house money right now? Do you feel like no matter what happens, you guys feel pretty good about how this season's went? Or if you guys um, come up short, do you feel like you guys are kind of fell short of where you want to be?
7: Yeah, we just want to keep going right now we, We're never going to be satisfied So we're just going to keep going So Yeah,
4: I don't think we're just going to settle with going two rounds And especially since our team has been like very underrated this year And the um, 2016 team went three rounds So we definitely want to beat that And just keep on going further
6: then, if you keep moving, you could have a chance to run into some, some of your other district foes or teams that you played in the playoffs or in the district last year and stuff, too. So, that's got to be exciting for you guys.
4: Yeah, and then next round, I uh, think if, I believe if Fly wins, then that's when we play next.
6: I'm sure you guys would be circling that one, but obviously, business to attend to first. Anything else you guys want to mention? No, sir. Thank you for having us. No, just thank you for having us. Well, Diego and Nick, thanks for joining us. And like I said, if you guys haven't got a chance to see the Hawks on the field, you can catch them uh, in the series this week, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at Irving MacArthur with uh, the Saturday game, if necessary, out at Irving High. So, guys, thanks again for joining us on the podcast this
3: week. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right, a big thanks to Diego Johnson and Nick Wilson of Hebron High School uh, as we wrap things up now with uh, some 5A baseball talk. It was a good weekend. For your teams Not so much yeah. <laughs> For for my uh, District 95A Frisco ISD squads One team left standing uh, In Frisco And it's Frisco Lone Star Kind of uh, A bit of a surprise there You know Looking at the, Some of those teams In, in that district uh, But you know Carrollton Farmers Branch ISD showing out in the first round. Mm-hmm. You have Lake Dallas and Lovejoy doing their thing in the first round. Guys, where do we want to begin? I think I want to talk about, you know, Oral Turner, New and Smith action. Make it to
8: in the 11, second round.
3: Imagine, imagine a playoffs where Arnold Turner's in the second round and Frisco
8: yeah. Wakeland is not. not. We talked about it. It was their first appearance in like 30 years. Yeah. So not only are they there, they're uh, so a podcast making us. a run. We've never talked about Turner
6: baseball winning a playoff series. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they did. They, um, you know, they finished tied for second with Newman Smith in 11-5A, and Newman Smith won a play in game to sec- get the second seed. So that means Turner f- settled for third. They get Dallas Adamson in the first round, and they took care of him 6-1 in the first game, and then 5-0 in the second game. So not only a sweep, but didn't look like they had to uh, breathe too hard in the closing innings there. Um, game one. You know, they had a couple dual performances from uh, Garrett Chandler and Christopher Cernas. Chandler started, he throws three innings, he gives up the run, but he also has a hit, a run, and an RBI. And then Christopher Cernas throws four shutout innings to finish it off, and he also does his thing at the plate going two for four with a run and an RBI. So both those guys contribute in multiple ways to get the uh, Lions off to a good start against Adamson, and then they finish him off in game two, six 5-0, Andres Valdez goes the distance for the complete game shutout with five strikeouts. Chandler does it again, two for three. This time he has a homer. And Ryan Benet goes three for three with a double and an RBI. So as you mentioned, Turner not only in the playoffs, but they get their first playoff win in over 30 years, and they will move on to play Wiley East in the area round.
3: Wiley East, team that just knocked off Wakeland. Wakeland scored one run in that series. They got swept. They lost uh, game one 3-1 to then lost game two, two to 2-0. Yeah, you know, I was shocked. Yeah. You know, I was—I—I I, I didn't even, you know, bother even thinking. Okay, I'm going to go cover one of those games. Cause I yeah. thought, you know, it would be the other way mm-hmm. around. I thought Wakeland, you know, the district champs, 16 and two in that long district. You know, I thought they'd take care of business, and, and the Wakeland Bats just could not, could not get anything going, uh, and a two-zero loss uh, in one of the games. You know, di- district MVP JD Gregson from last year, over three. It was just, you know. I don't know. I mean, it happens, you, man. It does. It it's playoff baseball. I mean, Daryl Preston, first year head coach. I'm not sure, you know, if, if this would happen if Barry Rose was there. But Daryl Preston did a great job this year. You know, leading that team to a sixteen and two district title. I guess Wiley East. I guess they, we we don't know. <laughs> you know, maybe they're hot right now and they're just on a roll and. Our Turner, they have their hands full uh, with the Pirates. There, so that was a bit of a shock. Now Newman Smith. Yes, yeah,
6: so Newman Smith got the second seed, and that means they got Seagaville and they just rolled Seagaville 21-1 in the first game and 10-5 in the game two to complete the mm-hmm. sweep. Um, so they took care of business. They, they come right out. They get six runs in the second ru- inning and ten runs in the third inning of their game. one win. Wow. Uh, Christian Peralta goes two for four with a double, and then a big game for Jonathan Boyer. He has a double, two triples, and six RBIs. So, big game at the plate for him, and the Trojans roll 21-1. Then they come back and get them 10-5 in Game Two. Um, another nice game for Boyer, going two for three, three runs, and two RBIs. And then Reese Parrott puts up the same line, two for three, three runs, and two RBIs. They use three different pitchers to uh, combine for the uh, the shut or the win there. So. Good win from McKin- uh, Newman Smith, and now they'll draw McKinney North in the area round. So McKinney that's North. a tough draw, man. Yeah, a lot of a lot of crossovers between our teams here, but yeah. this should be some interesting M- second round matchups. McKinney
3: North looked good. I saw them play Heritage in here. Game Two. Yeah, uh, that game was eight to three, seven to seven to two. I mean, Heritage got a run late, and then the seventh inning mm-hmm. it didn't really matter. But no. uh, McKinney North looked good in that game. It their their ace didn't even pitch in that game. It was their their number two, and he he shut Heritage down. They beat Heritage in Game One in nine innings, uh three to one. So big, you know, kinda took all the way the momentum, you know, a, a late Friday game going into mm-hmm. uh, or late Thursday game going into Friday. You know, McKinney yep, North momentum. had all that momentum. Uh but, you know, they have some guys that that can go. Cam Constantine, the UT commit, he's he'll be a guy to watch out for in that series for sure. Lake Dallas. Yeah man. Last year, yep. you know, they they got, you know, taken out of the first round against Reedy. Yeah. Reedy got their first ever playoff series and now here they are you know I can actually moving. talk about you both of those about teams both. I guess yeah, yeah.
8: Um, Good man, I guess man. we I guess we could start there with we can go over the re-series with with Lovejoy sure. first if you want because you're talking about a team that you know was able to save its ace kind of and, and Lovejoy really has two aces they have a 1A and a 1B um, and Jordan Yoder and, and Jacob Terwoger and I don't think it was injury related because Lovejoy um, you know you talk about that first game how big momentum can be they hang on for a 6-3 win Um, they get a two plus inning save I think two and a third from Harrison uh, Duro and and Jordan Yoder started that game and didn't have his best stuff gave up three runs Um, but Lovejoy is able to hang in there pull away a little bit with some insurance at the end so they get the first game against 3-6-3 then you go into game two um, and they don't start Terwilger they start Luke Stein who goes all seven innings gives up a run a hit Uh, um, Reedy, you know, goes down 8-1 to Lovejoy, uh, and Lovejoy rolls on to the second round. Like I said, I don't know if it's injury-related. I don't think it is. I would, I mean, I, I previewed this series and, and talked to head coach Jason Wilson. Um, you know, obviously they keep some stuff under wraps, but he didn't intimate that there were going to be any issues. Um, so maybe, you know, just game two, see if you can get a win without having to throw him. Now he's fresh for, you know, big, bad Highland Park, you mm-hmm. know, which looking over this um, that region uh, with Lovejoy and Highland Park, honestly – you know the winner of that game has as good a shot as any team at, at just going all the way and winning the region, uh, because it's you know you look at you know Dallas Wilson and Frisco Lone Star and Silver Springs and Joshua and Lindale and Corsicana. Not that these teams don't have anything. No, no Frisco Wakeland yeah, too. Yeah, they're, they're, so. they're postseason teams. I mean, clearly they have something, but you have to look at this this second round series between Highland Park and Lovejoy, which will be out at Globe Life Park uh, Friday and Saturday. You have to look at that series as. You know, potential uh, forecast of of what could be coming down the road um, in that region. But yeah, Lovejoy cruises past Frisco Reedy. Good season for Frisco ready but I think Lovejoy, you know, I've kind of talked all year on the podcast about them and how, you know, this, this run has kind of set them up for this season. You know, they have a ton of guys that have been together since their sophomore year, they're seniors now. So, you know, as far as they're concerned, this is the beginning of a pretty lengthy run, but got to go through the Scots, man. That's a a tough draw. But, you know, kind of on the flip side, Lake Dallas, um, really good series. You know, I was out there for the first game. Um, They got it in on Thursday. They were able to move it to John Paul. um, Or on Friday, actually. Um, And You know, Lake Dallas, coming into the series, I had said that it was going to be about winning the game that Ryan Deverschmidt starts and then trying to get one of those other two. And that's exactly what happened. Deverschmidt didn't have his best stuff in game number one. Uh, Gave up three runs. I think he left with a 3-2 lead for uh, Grapevine. Um, and, and was eventually taken off the hook in a 10-4 win. Lake Dallas exploded in the sixth inning for six runs. Uh, and Cade McCollum came in and threw uh, two-plus innings and, and pitched really well to get that game number one victory. And like I said, that was that was the key moment for Lake Dallas. You get that game number one. You go into game number two with a little less pressure. Um, you don't feel like you have to go out and win that game uh, like Grapevine did. And Grapevine edges them you know, 6-4. They start Ben Price, Lake Dallas does, um, who I would say is probably number three to Cade McCollum. Him after Ryan Depperschmidt, um, but but even he, you know, he only goes, I think, it, it was managed pretty well, you know, because Ben Price goes 4.2, uh, Hayden Payne comes in and cleans up that game, they end up losing, but then in game number three, they win 5 nothing. they start Cade McCollum, who still had a ton of pitches, uh, after not going very far Thursday, um, and then Ben Price comes up and cleans, uh, cleans up with, with two innings of his own, so... You know, Lake Dallas. Like I said, the 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 key to their run is going to be figuring out those arms in the games after Deppersmith goes. You get number one, hopefully with Ryan Deppersmith, and then you figure out the rest uh, with some combination of Price, McCollum, some other guys. Uh, and they were able to do that and then take down a good Grapevine team. That was a good uh, baseball team and, and a good series. And and now they draw Arlington Heights, who. I don't know a ton about um 140 I believe in their district uh, to win that district but you know you look at their district scores they had a run where it was 130 0 14-1, 15 150 just in consecutive district series so not a lot of competition, not yeah. a lot of pushback it doesn't seem like from a bunch of those Fort Worth schools. Yeah. So, And not a lot of people uh, or not a lot of teams I should say that, that I'm seeing kind of in their, their non-district schedule that were, you know, premier games. So, you know, certainly good and, and riding some momentum and, and making it to the second round. But I think, you know, Lake Dallas has just as good a shot as, as they do to, to advance. Should be another good series and that one will be at, at um, Fort Worth Brewer, I believe, uh, on uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So... We'll see. But, yeah, Lake Dallas in the area around for the first time since 2016 and, and looking to make another little run.
3: Another team headed to the area around out of 8-5-A, Little Elm. Uh, they sweep Fort Worth Brewer. Uh, Derek Lewis, man, this guy started game one, complete game, shutout, four strikeouts, five hits. Just eighty six pitches thrown. Wow, uh, that's that's pretty efficient, you know. Right well, especially there,
8: especially when you know the, it shifts to the hundred and ten pitches for the entire playoff yeah. series. So they so if used you can, if you can save twenty five pitches, they need it, yeah. you know, hopefully that's an inning if you need him. So well,
3: game two, Horry Aldrete, their number <laughs> didn't two, didn't need
8: it. Didn't <laughs> they
3: need did it. not need it because in game two, their starter goes six and two thirds, and then they throw in Logan Cola right there at the end to kind of shut things down. The yep. Oklahoma signee uh, there, this little um, pitching staff, you know, when you get only need one out from a reliever in an mm-hmm. entire series. That, that's that's a good sign there. Uh, and they're going to stay at Justin Northwest. They played their first round series there uh, lat, this past weekend. They'll be there again this weekend. They'll take on Burleson Centennial. Don't know too much about them. But interesting note about that 8 5 district. Didn't high.
8: Yeah, out. Out. Did you see the, the play round. they lost on? No, I didn't. Oh my gosh, man. It was it was insane. It was a, a walk-off I think officially, but it was a, um, a play where you know, it was hit up the middle, and, and they had a runner on second, I believe. Uh, Azel did, and it looked like he was going to score just on the on the base hit up the middle. But the Denton shortstop, who I um, you know yeah, alluded to, it wasn't it wasn't Reese Parker. I think he was on the mound, but whoever was <laughs> playing short, the kid I said was so good, gets over, makes an incredible play, and they they catch the base runner in a pickle between third and home. And they eventually get the ball to Reese Parker. And he's standing in front of the plate, ready to apply the tag and and send the game, um, you know, into more innings or whatever the case would have been. The kid runs through the tag, drops the ball, does like some crazy barrel roll, touches home, game over. So Reese Parker's just standing there with, you know, with the ball – on the ground and, and you could see just shocking on everybody so yeah the the Denton Broncos who 10-2 I think in that district and, and mm-hmm. definitely wouldn't have been a candidate I wouldn't think to, to be bounced in the first round but that's playoff baseball man like you were saying earlier Wakeland's gone it, it happens happens to uh, obviously to the best one so yeah
3: so the only two teams left out of A 5 a are Lake Dallas and little M- Denton Ryan yep. They had to take on Colleyville Heritage. Yeah. Good luck. Ain't no one that. being Colleyville Heritage nope. in the first round. There's, <laughs> We talked about shocking upsets. Colleyville Heritage was not going to get nope. uh, upset in the first round. So, do y'all have any idea where y'all are going to be baseball wise
8: this yeah, weekend? Yeah, I will be. Um, Friday, I'll be at that Lake Dallas series. Okay. out of Brewer. Okay. So I'll be out there um, for Lake Dallas, Harrington Heights uh, in a, a clinching game potentially for, for one or the other. Not sure, obviously, but but we'll see how that goes. I'll be out there. And then um, whether or not I'll be out there Saturday at Globe Life, I don't know, but I'll I'll have something online for yeah. sure about that sure. Love to a Hound Park series, so that should sure. be a good one.
3: Thursday, I'll make it out to Northwest, catch some little on baseball action. I know you still have a ton of teams. Not sure about around. baseball yet.
6: No, I'm going to do the Colony Softball on softball. Friday out at Argyle. I'm not sure about Thursday and Saturday yet.
3: Col softball the greatest show on turf huh this year they are every year they are Well, now they're
6: actually on turf though yeah (laughs) okay now physically
3: literally on turf Uh. but yeah that'll just about wrap it up for this 5a baseball uh section of the podcast let's actually wrap up the the monday edition podcast as a whole make sure to stay tuned later this week we'll get into some of the other spring sports golf track tennis all on that docket so we'll be talking all that as a lot of state tournaments are coming up later this month so make sure to stay tuned for that later this week